0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: I'm Sheila Shoiga, and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to menstrual mentor Kitty Maguire.
2: It's like, no, we don't need a healthy, vital menstrual cycle just because we want to have a baby. We need it to function Mm. and, and, um, you know, to, to... to be a thriving woman in society so that we we are able to show up for our families, our community, um, because again, not all women want kids. And I think that part needs to be really honoured and celebrated. And like, we need those women. For sure. You know, yeah. so um, it's, it's even the pressure of of the menstrual cycle just being as if it's just this thing for baby making. It, mm. It's It's our sanity. It's our creative power. It's, um, it's knowing when to lean in and when to lean out. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of us have been conditioned to constantly lean in, constantly give.
1: Kitty lives in Dublin with her partner Sam, her two nephews, their dog Winnie Wagtail and Bertie the cat. She has pioneered menstruality work in Ireland for almost 10 years now, providing therapeutic sessions, rituals and circles for women, girls and people who want to nurture a healthier embodied connection to their womb and cycles. And she also recently featured in Richie Sadler's brilliant documentary, Let's Talk About Sex on RTE. Kitty's mother, playwright Joe Egan, was a highly respected and influential figure in the Northern Ireland art scene. And last Christmas, she died, which came as a huge shock to all who knew and loved her. At the time of her death, she had a project in development with the Abbey Theatre in Dublin. And during this conversation, Kitty speaks about her mam and shares how she's been navigating life since her passing. She also speaks about her own work, the importance of healing and she gives us an overview of the menstrual cycle. Here it is. An obvious place to start is when I reached out to have a conversation with you today. Yeah. You responded in such a, a beautiful way that I was not expecting. Yeah. <clears throat> so today is the 5th of October. But for you, it's an important day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> God, the emotions just flowed through me there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's my mother's birthday.
1: It's Mm. my mother's
2: 63rd birthday. So happy birthday, mom. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I know this is very difficult for you, but I also know it's something that you want to talk about. You want to talk about her and honor her. And she is very much a part of your life each and every day. Mm. She's with
2: you.
1: Mm. Um, Can we talk about her?
2: Yeah, I, I think for me at this stage of the grief process, which is very early days, it's it's kind of a must. And if people don't bring her up, I bring her up. I mean, I've got a necklace of her, with, of my mother on me
1: yeah.
2: now. And that's for people to to be like, oh, your mom, or if I haven't seen you since she died, I'm like, thank you. And it, it is that thing of you're not going to upset me by bringing her up. It's, you
1: want to talk about
2: her? Well, upset. Yeah. You know, we're anyone who's lost a special person and someone they love greatly, like um we're not like switching it on and off. Like it lives with us. It's part, it's part of our our life now. So I think to have pockets of people sending you photos, um any any little piece of them. You know, even today um one of my mum's good friends Ursula sent me a stunning photo and straight away I sent that to into the family whatsapp and it's just more because you just you look at photos videos like that with our, I'll get to that like the podcast I found on her last week yeah it's it's legacy and for it's you want like we're lucky that you know as much as phones and all these things are to our detriment at times um I'm so grateful that I'm always taking photos videos like I've so many beautiful moments and funny moments. And like my mom was very funny and bold and brave. And uh, we have those moments uh, to, because her grands, her grandchildren were her, her, like her, she speaks about them anytime you'd hear her speaking yeah. in any interview because she had her own, um her own brilliance and successes out there. So she always brought like her children. She loved us. But there was nothing like her, her grandchildren, you know. So, yeah, it's very, um, my birthday was five days ago. So it's it's always very um, intense. Well, we've always, yeah, like she was only tw- 19 when I was born. And then five days later turned 20. So I've had big birthdays with her. We had our 20th and her 40th together, yeah. my 40th, her 60th together. So I always visioned us growing up. You know, we grew up watching the Golden Girls. And if you think Sophia and Dorothy, Dorothy yeah. like they practically looked the same age. <laughs> yeah. Um. I used to think, aren't we so lucky to have such a young like the whereas it was tricky when we were younger to have a very young man because of the prejudice that came with that. And we can we'll get into that later, I'm sure, as well. Of growing up in Ireland and, you know, I was, 90, it was 1980 when I was born, so but then the benefits of Granny Jo still being able to jump on a fun slide in, and jump on imu- like amusement parks yeah. and roll around the floor with the kids and um, in football matches, you know, um, like there's it's she was just full of beans. And I kind of felt as I'm 43 now and as I was getting older, she was getting younger. So we were kind of all becoming the same age, you know, because... Some of my friends are close to her age and she worked in the arts, so she had friends of all ages. So Mm. she was, she's so, I mean, it's so hard for me to speak about her as if she's died. I'm just like, and it is that thing of um, loss. I'm like, she's not lost. (laughs) Like, it's it's weird. It's such a, a, for me, the whole year has just felt like um, I'm constantly walking into my room, a room looking for keys. Like I don't drive, so like <laughs> I don't. But there's just this void in my system, and um, you know, even like I didn't have this. It's been really interesting to see this journey as well. Like since I speak about my mom uh, quite openly and in my work, because they're not separate. Yeah, like I feel. Yeah it's it's a disservice to me to pretend that ah sure look ah sure it, no it's hell it's abs some days i am am inconsolable some days like your heart is just you know it's outside your body being dragged and thumped around the place and other days i'm really grateful for dissociation because <laughs> so i can just say i think i'll thank god i'm parked my system has decided to park that today because I can't feel like this every single day. So it is just I'm so, I suppose, aware of stress responses, trauma responses, my nervous system responses and from the work that I do. So in one way, it's been like, I'm lucky. I'm so resourced, Uh, it's just very unfortunate. I have to be resourced um, for such a, a like such a tragic loss and such a loss too soon.
1: Yeah. And for what it's worth, I am deeply sorry I you know I don't know how you're feeling I don't I haven't been through that yeah, thank type you. of loss Um, so I'm not going to patronize you by saying that I get it I don't and I don't think anyone unless they've been through it can get it but it's not just a, um, you know the passing of, of a parent it's also in the manner in which she yeah. left this world Um, of all the days in the year <laughs> I know. and I know I'm only doing this because you said you were okay mm. to talk about it. But can you bring us back to Christmas yeah. Eve last year?
2: Yeah. So, um, and I and I, it is important for myself that I I can um, say this because because of the nature of the accident, um, you know, there's a, a lot of people don't know and they're not going to text you and ask you. So I just kind of feel well. Now they'll know. <laughs> so I am grateful to have um, to be able to do it this way. And thanks for
1: Hello.
2: for just being so um, gifted at holding this space, Sheila, you know, like you're I really love how you how you do this. So thank you. And I mean that. But uh, um, yeah, so last Christmas, my my partner, Sam and I and my in-laws, um, the Al's, Alison and Alan, <laughs> And um, we're over, there. Australians, they're over to visit us for a couple of months. And, um, I have my nephews that live with us, myself and Sam are their uh, full-time carers. They're a four-year-old and a nine-year-old and, uh, they're brilliant. They're, so at the beginning of the year before the lads had, were, we placed with us, we planned a little trip up to the Wicklow Mountains just for something different. And, um, so we we're really excited about that. A mam, in the last couple of years, had mostly spent Christmas with um, with myself and Sam. And so the tr- tradition on Christmas Eve was to get over to the boys, her grandsons, and do the put the carrot and the Santa bits and bobs, and just see the sisters. A mam is very much so; she always liked to. You know, she couldn't buy something for one and then not the other. So like she was really into into her family, you know. She was um consider her life was so remarkable, like my elder sister said that. How like looking back, how did she make so much time for us? And you wouldn't know that she was, you know, writing monumental pieces of <laughs> um theatre in yeah. Irish history, you know. Yeah. Um because so to us, she's our mam, <laughs> our mammy. So, um, so she was coming up to us on Christmas Eve and uh, we were really excited about that. So we were having this lovely, wholesome um, family Christmas. Sam's cousin had come over with her two kids from Paris. And then my sister had recently moved to Malahide. So mam was wanting to help her um, get, uh, have her Christmas... The, her lovely first Christmas and um and I'd been saying to my mum I just don't feel like I want you driving up on Christmas Eve um it I I just I don't feel happy about it and Sam and I um we were saying look them those roads can be a bit and I'd done retreats and stuff up there so we knew them and my mum lived in the she lived in Belfast but last year had moved to the west of Ireland and um She's like, ah, I'm used to the roads. And I, at night time I said, you're not used to those roads though, ma'am. So I, I just had this horrible, like I just kept saying, it just doesn't sit with me, ma'am. And I'm just, I'm just feeling nervous. And she was like, grand. No, she was just, she did what she wanted. She was like a very strong, <laughs> um, focused, uh, decisive woman, you know? Yeah. So my sister was the same. They were like, don't don't drive up, go on, you can stay. And I'd said to her, she'll have Christmas morning there with my sister's son. And, um, but she, and her friends had said that to me, but she was excited to get up and have the rest. You know, like my mom and Sam could chat into all hours. They both work in um, the arts and they're both writers. And so, you know, there was no end. And then she was excited to come up and see, she get on, gets on like a house on fire with Sam's mom. Like they're real strong women that do great things um, in the community, you know? And uh, so, and, and Sam's dad as well. She was so, just so, so fond and she just loved spending time. Anyway, um, she left, I think she rang me and I was like, you better have your bum on the road. You know, we were having a bit, we'd load a banter. And she's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I put her onto the phone to Sam for directions. And then um, I was like, well, we'll have a, hot, a whiskey here when you, you get here. And we're sitting up and we were doing all our presents and the kids were going to bed and we'd left out all the Santa stuff. And then, um, yeah, she. so I didn't contact her again. And that was at about maybe 10-ish after 10. And so she'd had a great day. She'd been over with my other sister as well and her children and anyway um the time was ticking on and because it was Christmas Eve and I was like oh there's nobody going to be on the roads and I'd done all our bits and bobs and sure all our Christmas dinner and then I messaged her and I just was like are you okay like and I didn't want to be distracting her on the phone on the road um and then Sam's parents went to bed and then Sam and I were sitting up and then Sam was ringing her and ringing her and ringing her and then I just said, I'm just going to ring the guard station and see if there's been anything that's happened. And, uh, yeah, she, um, the guards were, my mum's, surname is Egan and mine is Maguire. That's my mother's maiden name. And, um, so I rang because of the location, we were quite on the far side of Wicklow. So I'd rang um, one of the guard, and they were like no no nothing's been it's been said and I said well look will you call us back and I said has there been any accident I said it's just very strange um, that we you know we haven't heard from her but I thought if something else happened and her phone was in the car but then I was like she would have called on someone else's phone anyway somebody called me back and said oh can you tell us some details and so we did and we um, and then sure look uh, the, the door knocked and I can they said look we'll call up and see you um, and it was the guard. And I think my soul knew before. Because I just felt my heart just drop into my ankles. And we just walked into the kitchen and he just said, look, um, I'm really sorry, but there has been an accident. And there was a woman, a car accident. And there's a woman that fits the age description of your mother. And he just took out, took out her driving license. And that was it. and. Sam was just it was just me and Sam there in that moment and Sam was just stunned. And um I I just said straight away, like, no, like and obviously you couldn't scream the house down because it's children are in bed. And I just said, um, I'm not ready not to have a mother. I was just like, no way. Like I was just, this is not not happening. So I was the panic was just it it was like watching exactly what you'd see in a film. And I and that's what I feel I've watched. And then sure um, Sam and I sat and then sure Sam's parents came down and we just hugged and held each other and cried. And then we just had to um then I had to bring my sisters and my auntie. And uh Sam's I just I wanted to, I felt like you can't tell I can't have of anyone else to tell them, but uh yeah, it was pretty pretty insane because then we all had to um go and do Christmas morning and um but I will just say like that um yeah I, I think the hardship about that is that like as kids Christmas Eve was so magic it's it's just the the shockiness of it that like we even though like Sam and I didn't have kids in our home like Myself, Mohammed and Sam, we still always had great magic at Christmas and crack. And we'd ring Australia on Christmas Eve because it'd be Christmas morning there. But there was just such, um, there was such fun in the in the years that we did, like the last, especially the last couple of years. Um, so for us as a family, like it, it, I think it is, poss- it, I don't think there's a worse day because it's, if it was just, if it had to be my birthday, that's my day. But the fact that... Um, yeah, we're, we're like, I'm determined now not to let it. She'd be raging if she thought Christmas was ruined forever now because, you yeah. know, it was such a magical, a magical time. But I think that was the the hard thing is that, um, well, look, obviously it's hard. But for us then, um, the, when the, the guard came, I was like, well, what happened? And he just said, there was, there was another driver. Um They're in hospital now. Uh, So since then, I I won't go too into it, but, you know, um, the driver survived and they um, have been um, charged with dangerous driving, causing death. So um, we're now this is the other like. In a typical death or like illness or. But this is an ongoing court case as well, so like, you know, this that to
1: deal with as well
2: on top of it so it's it's it is it's it's it's. i feel like and i said that for months i just feel like i've watched a horrible movie and it's re. and i can't watch horror movies because of <sighs> i'm just a bit of a scaredy cat um but yeah it is it's just on my system it was it feels like because i don't feel like she's gone like um like you constantly go to tell her something like when Sinead O'Connor died, I burst into tears and I straight went to call my mom because you know, yeah, my mom was a beautiful singer and she, like, I remember her singing, um nothing compares to you. And but I really wanted like she'd have been raging because she, Sinead was such my sister's called Sinead as well, but Sinead was such a um my mom was a real like advocate for her and yeah. you know and, yeah. uh, and just knew because some of, <laughs> you know Sinead wasn't was a feisty woman in Irish and my mom was too so truth speaking women are often you know pinpointed and targeted and stuff like that yeah. so, like you know they're not they don't get the
1: recognition
2: like like my mom and Sinead uh, by mm. God they get it to death um, so it is it's it's, we're completely in shock. I mean, I can't speak for the whole family, but um, we, we're just, we're doing our best just to, um, it, for me, it's like, this can't be the, the collapse of me. Yeah, I won't, I refuse to let it destroy me. And I know my sisters, like we've, we've so much to live for. And we've so much to look forward. There's so much great stuff ahead for us all. Um, and she was a real champion of that. And all our, you know, she of any any, she was a creative. So anything, she she was just so proud and supportive. So um, I I'm just I'm great, very grateful to have my sisters. You know, it's it's very sad, but um, we miss her deeply.
1: And you're honouring her by navigating life the way you are by speaking about her the way you are and by wanting to enjoy life as well because as you said that's what she would have
2: and we do find laughter like even the other day for my birthday like I genuinely had a happy birthday and I was last week I was a messager when you messaged me I'd woken up that morning and I really needed to hear her because the 24th of every month, naturally enough, it just kind of grabs me by the ears and knocks me all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I woke up, I was more so shook on Sunday or last Monday, which was the 25th. And I said, I need to hear her. And I said, she's, I wonder, is she on a podcast? So I, I looked her, I look, I found a podcast and it was 33 minutes long. And I was like, oh my, how lucky am I that I can find my mom's voice. Whereas some people won't have that. And I like, it's so lucky in these horrific situations, but uh, and the, the the podcast was pretty intense because she obviously her work could be really intense at times, and um, you know so and the project particularly that she was working on, um, but that's why it was so kind of magic last week when when I listened to that podcast and I'd been that weekend because I have my own podcast coming up and um, I'd done out a list. And I'd put you on as a guest as for a spiritualist guest under uh, spirituality. And then the next day I was listening to the podcast again and I had other people like, you know, Richie and different womb workers. But I wanted like people who turned their pain into purpose because I, I want my it to be about legacy, because this is what as I was listening to this podcast, it gets clearer to me, my purpose. <laughs> You know, and then I was sitting there and Mary Kennedy, my good friend, had sent me this love because I sent her the podcast and she listened to it. And she was just, you know, mirroring a few things back to me in it. And I was crying and she was crying. And then your message came in and uh, I just looked at my mom and I said, I know. And I I knew I knew it was you messaging me uh, because then I put on my uh, put down Sheila, Um, I also said, I'd like to go on Sheila's uh, podcast (laughs) because I I know. And um, then uh, I I listened to your thing and I just, that's why I messaged you back straight away and I was like, I, I need you to hear this as raw as I am because you know there it was spidey senses it was yeah. and my and i said it wasn't
1: just it was wasn't just that and what you had written down and what you were i suppose manifesting it's the date it's the date and yeah. i would have obviously had no, no idea. idea
2: so i just felt like at the get at the in january you know i had to cancel and uh, pull back from a lot of work and my mother was a real champion of my work you know which i'm very lucky because um I'm blessed I should like in the fact that I have such a supportive family because look what I'm doing in the world is to other families especially in Irish families would be a bit like oh it's a bit awkward isn't it or a bit uncomfortable or or just mortification around it but uh, she always told me um, how proud she was and you know she'd be buying me funny little wo- knitted wombs or yeah. earrings that looked like vulvas or yeah, like yeah, you know yeah, like yeah, cool yeah. things and um we'll get to that Why? you probably (laughs) but um it was just really um poignant and I felt at like at the beginning of the year I just said to her ma'am will you just just make it easier for me this year like just Mm -hmm. if anything if there's any way you can help make work um like just opportunity and ease and 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 it's funny because she I remember when my sister was we had a, a mother blessing for her when she was due her her, her, um, her little her youngest boy, and um, she uh, we were we kind of were like had this big cauldron. and I think a friend had gifted me cacao. My mother um, stirred in for my sister ease and um, uh, as much ease in your birth as possible. Yeah, and uh, and I just saw so, and I was like, oh, that's actually lovely, you know, like to think it's not going to be easy, but for it to, to have ease at times. And um so I always hear that really stuck with me. And I think as she was a woman that strived a lot and it, there wasn't ease. You know, she had us so young and life was very was was tricky and, yeah. and and hard. But uh yeah, so I feel it's been quite um poignant the fact that I was on last Monday morning in bed crying, thinking of of her legacy, and then I was getting all nostalgic, going, "Well, God, wouldn't that be a, a wonderful thing if I can create that through my work?" And then later on, you just message, so I just give her and and from I give her these nods, and and for me, Sheila, like I think obviously since she's died, um, I have to believe in in like I've always had not always I've had such a uh. I found a spiritual practice that works for me the last, whatever, 10, 12, I don't know, whatever, so many years. And now I have to believe because I have to believe there are signs from her because it's it's not good enough or enough for me to think that's it now. Are you dying. You never see them or feel. So um, I'm not thinking that there's uh, she's sitting up there on a cloud with God and Sinead O'Connor smoking fags. I mean, I'd love to think that that <laughs> happened, but like, I believe in, in spirit. And yeah. I feel like, um, there's an, it's, a, it's, it's an energy mm. and I feel, you know, the morning at Christmas morning, I was in bed and our little four year old man came running in for hugs and kisses cause you know, he could see I was crying and this black moth flew in and I thought it was, um, just this black moth and sure this is if you think Christmas day so winter solstice time so animals are in hibernation but actually as I opened up this big window um the moth turned into a big red red admiral butterfly and it opened its wings on the window and my whole system just went because when we were kids my granddad's house down the west of Ireland Ross Hill which is my mom's house um now and uh there, there's red admirals all over the hill and granddad used to always talk my mom's dad Paddy um would always talk about red admirals and I've never seen a red admiral or a small tortoise butterfly or there's a couple of different butterflies and even the kids now like where they're just like they're everywhere you know There, and I'd be with f- friends and they'll go oh here's Joe," <laughs> you know and um but it's been amazing so yeah. for us to kind of and I know for something they're like oh how cliché a robin or a butterfly and it's like yeah but it was christmas morning flew into the where like it wasn't there the whole the whole time and it obviously was there but um I just opened the window yeah and I said um look I I, I know you're here to tell me that you, you want to check up and I I just opened the window and I said mam you have to go because I, I said I need you to cross over, like whatever. I need you to. We will never be the same, but we will be okay. And I was like, I can't. Like I need because I could feel. My biggest fear was my mom's last moments, which I'm hopeful that she didn't know, because I think it was so quick and so sudden. Sudden. To have had any thought of my girls. Kitty's waking up for me, Kitty and Sam, that would, that just, that's why I lie awake at night going like, I just hope she didn't know. And um, I think for me to just have that comfort um, in this little butterfly that just came in and I just said, I know you're worried. And I was like, we have each other. And one night when we were on the couch in my sitting room, like we'd have a lot of debates you know we're very feisty there were a lot of similar qualities and um hot-headedness and big fire energy would be and we we were talking about something and I think legacy came up and she said my biggest hope is if if I ever did go is that you girls have each other and uh and I just said, and I said, and we will. And I said, and if anything ever, and that was only like this time last year. And I was like, if anything ever yeah. did, I said, we do have each other, ma'am. Like, just because she just was like, always oh, saying we used to get annoyed. She'd be saying, no, look after her," or like, and I said, like, she asked, is she checking in on you, telling you to look after me? And she did because, you know, it there it was tricky at times you know she was a young mom so i suppose my mom always felt like she'd stuff to make up for and then i suppose i can see now and i think anyone then when you do start rearing kids you're like oh god it's hard and for her to have been she was 15 or first 17 19 and then 24 and her fourth um for what she and what she exposed us to as young children and food wise and you know like it's when i look back it was i'm 43 and I'd struggle to cook a meal every a home meal homemade meal every night whereas nutrition and um culture and arts and like she exposed us to amazing stuff even though we we lived in you know a working class state in bald oil you know growing up but um there was a lot of magic a lot of love like lots of chaos <laughs> and um but I do think she felt she had a lot that um she could have, done more of this. Whereas I think looking back, yeah, we can pull our childhoods apart apart. And but then we all realise as we get older, every family has their their challenges. Yeah, and of course. and I think for me, if anything, it's just saying family is is number one and yeah. and our people are close. And our close people are our family as well. So this year my world has definitely got very small and um yeah, your clan just wrapped in around you, and, and like so, it's 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 a precious time as well, um, and how we we just kind of are showing up for each other, or just being kinder and understanding to each other in our in our grief process Because process. everyone, I think that's the thing in families, navigates it different. So yeah, I'm I'm grateful for the little the little sparks of magic because they do just give you give me that sense of connection. So I'm. I'm here today. (laughs) Mm.
1: Thank you so much for sharing and letting us get a sense of get a sense of who she was and and and, you know, her spirit is very much still here. You're still so raw. It's still such early days of your grief and. I don't want to be insensitive now, but kind of shifting into the work you do. But the thing is, I suppose it's so intertwined. Yeah. And your mom was really proud of what you were doing and what you do do and continue to do. So for those listening and plenty of people listening will be familiar with your work uh, and be probably like me, admiring it. Maybe they've done different courses, but you um, you do so much. And I think I suppose really what I would love is if we could distill it down and talk about the essence of what you do, which is looking at our monthly cycle Mm. Um, so before we get into that I suppose could you give us an overview of Red Alchemy because I know you have lots of different branches and different elements and different things you're exploring and educational empowerment is at its core.
2: Yeah I mean um, it's definitely grown its own legs since I suppose um, at the heart of it is um, Red Alchemy is turning your pain into purpose and um, what that might look like for some people um, is menstrual disorders, womb trauma, womb stories, and um, befriending their womb, befriending their body. Um, I mainly focus on the menstrual cycle at the moment. I do, like I, I work with in menstruality, which represents the full spectrum of womanhood, which would be, the menarche years, our first bleed years, the menstrual years, so that would cover all pregnancy and postnatal and then the menopausal years and then the mature years. So menstruality um, is a word that represents the full spectrum of womanhood. So I did have to niche down and um, because it's where I was at in my life as well and I was, you know, like focusing on my fertility. Um, And I suppose... um, I was looking at our biology, so my hormones, my nervous system, lymphatic system, digestive system, um, all the systems, and that's one part. And that there, that's all really, really important. And mostly we go to an external body for that, like an endocrinologist or, um, you know, if we don't know anything about it or like you'd hit like Google or something and you'd probably people would tap into a bit there. And then the other part so it's quite a comprehensive through a holistic lens so it really is that body mind spirit then um we've got the educational side there um and then it's going into the spirit and the sacred so the spiritual side of it would be um for me for people who are who find that word spiritual or spirituality tricky for me spirituality is nature it's life it's all-encompassing, it's 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 everything. So, um, nature, nature cycles, you know, and the menstrual cycle is is a um, like menstruation is a highly shamanic time in our and we're very 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 connected to the spirit world in that time. But a lot of us that's just been numbed, repressed, or um, shamed, or just um, silenced in the body. So then that that's the spirit side, and then the sacred side is um the ritual and the ceremony, so you know, say for example, you know women like us here, um it, you we I can hold space and ceremonies for you to revisit your first bleed and um reframe that Wow, because yeah, yeah, was that? Mm. was that a tricky time or was that a big time it was a tricky time yeah i could really feel that um mm. so exactly so sheila here you I was were... scared yeah scared and this is the thing it, it's you know I'll, I'll quote my mother here <laughs> it's like a um people say you can't change the past but you can you can change the moral perspective on the past that's what happens when people speak and that's a piece from one of my mother's um the crack and everything piece that she did. And that's what I feel when I read that, I went, That's what we're doing here. Because by you speaking and reframing and revisiting Monarch at whatever stage of your life, like even women that go like I've held space for women going through hysterectomy or losing their cycle due to cancer or or different illnesses. Um and losing their cycle suddenly because and then the grief of like my cycle no no I'm not ready to leave my menstrual years and be thrown into spontaneous menopause um we can go at any stage of life and revisit that and reframe it, and if there's wounding around there it's it's it into in the experience you dreamed of and um that you that you that your little self would have craved you and, and this is the thing in society we're really focused on nowadays on the inner child. And then it's, and it's like, then it's self-love, but that adolescent has kind of been forgotten about. So it's like, oh Jesus, if you've done your inner child work wait and you meet your inner adolescent, cause she's raging, you know, yeah, or she's yeah, afraid, yeah. or she's, um, you know, she's met parts of herself that uh, were silenced or like she, she really learned the fawn response, at like how to become this good girl. So that's a huge part. And uh, just to I'll credit there that like I would have I've done that training with Red School, a, a beautiful process. So, you know, I would have done a bit of work with Red School as there um, would be quite prominent in the in the world of menstruality. Um, and then I've kind of brought my own um, my own mark on it and weaving in a lot of Irish spirituality because we're on, a, I, I love doing healing on Irish lands as an Irish woman. Whereas for me, I've had to leave Ireland often to find my mentors, my teachers. Yeah. So for me to be able to, to be a mentor in Ireland to people who want to do their healing on Irish soil because you know, the womb in Ireland is really, um, has been colonized and it's been traumatized and it's, um, it's, it's been repressed and it hasn't been honoured. So, and to think like there's Newgrange, what's Newgrange? (laughs) It's a womb, Mm -hmm. you know, it's this big winter, dark womb. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's so powerful. Like Ireland, back in the day, our ancestors, they just got it. They were like the, and then Ishnach people say like it's the belly button. I'm like, I don't think of it as a belly button. I'm like, it's the umbilical cord. It's, what's a belly button? You know, it's this divine connection. Like, but it's, it's the the mother energy connected out to the to the children it's it's so so powerful so we're weaving in all like all these elements so that yes the people that are coming who are uh the brain boxes and they're like they want all the info and they're in their head it's like well yeah you can get that that's that's knowledge and that knowledge is really important because then you can learn when your estrogen should be here or should be balanced and you know this is the signs of imbalanced progesterone or um or you know this is too much stress in our body like that's great but the missing piece which I see mostly is the the sacred part or the spiritual side of it because people will be a bit like that's that's a bit weird because that's being are we still like
1: that do they yeah yeah oh my
2: god yeah people think I'm a I mean, I kind of laugh at it now because I'm like, well, I'm quite happy and content in my body and my life. But before this work, I wasn't. And, you know, for me, what's been coming up massively with Red Alchemy, because it started with just women, now it's in schools, and now myself and the dog are doing like, yeah, yeah, storytelling for first periods and stuff like that for six year olds. But it's for me, as Red Alchemy has progressed, I was noticing a lot of women were coming to me going and um, I healed my or I, my relationship with my mother is better my relationship with my sisters my woman wound I had so much jealousy to other women because in society we've had no mod we haven't had a model a healthy model of go women and um, women are great and let's honor women yeah like we're really trying to pull that in now but like you know our grannies definitely didn't def- and their grannies grannies definitely didn't have it so what I'm seeing in this work it's it's huge uh healing of the feminine mm. and it has women that like women we can't sit around go blaming this on men because they haven't been modeled it either but we're not modeled it as women and women we're competing with each other we're we're um Slagging her, forget laughing at her for this, or you know, like even I can see it in in being in very spiritual circles, I and mean, we've had to catch ourselves in it. You know, the judgment of, um, oh, they're not doing the work, you know, this kind of conversation, or right, people like yeah. that are, yeah. you know, whereas then people like, uh, in my neck of the woods are probably being slagged for being like, uh, I hate these kind of words like woke and woo woo, whereas like I don't, wouldn't put myself anywhere near words. I'm just someone that's just navigating life, trying to uh, make peace with the traumas or stresses or um, challenges that you've met along the way. So for definitely what Red Alchemy primarily is a, um, a, a befriending of your body and befriending of the cycle, but through the whole spectrum, through the anatomy and physiology, your own biology, um, cycle awareness, and that's like menstrual cycle awareness, uh, seasonal cycle awareness, moon cycle awareness. So just starting to become aware of that's in this, I'm impacted by, uh, the full moon, you know, let's use that. Everyone knows about the full moon. Um, or like I'm really impacted when I'm like, when I ovulate, like typically, you know, the typical archetypal, explanation for ovulation would be to tell women to get going and get busy, get out there, lift your best waist, weight. Like that's when you've got the most strength and run your fastest marathon. Whereas for me, I'm a bit like, no, that's, we, we, we actually need a nice quiet time there because that's just going into excessive doing again. Mm. And it's like going yeah. run for hell for leather in this window because um you've got these hormones so it's kind of that are giving you allowing for a bit more but it's like no we can't jam everything into this tiny window so it's kind of um it, like re- realistically like i you know i've spoke about this is women that have kids and there's women who don't have or people who care for kids or for mothers or and then there's people that have, don't have children for whatever reason and i'm going that's i used to be that woman that could say i'm just going to log off work for you know I'm, going to go out into the nature and I'll do some painting with my menstrual blood. Whereas I have two kids now, like I'm like having a menstrual, like having a bleed. Um, I do just say to the kids now, can you just, can I have ten minutes? Just give me (laughs) ten minutes and that might be going up, sneaking up to the bed again. Whereas I know it's looking at it very and finding your way in it.
1: and like you did talk about it there, and some people want just the information, and I, I maybe I'm kind of realizing, am I one of those? Because when I spoke to you about kind of the the loose idea of this chat, I kind of saw it as it it would be strange not to to give time and space and talk about about your man, but also I was I was thinking like, well, let's talk about the cycle, and you know, you know, let's talk about the phases in the cycle because I find that yeah. It's very informative, while some of us might know it, others might not. Or some people have forgotten. And I think it is information that is of value. But as you said, there's so much more than just this is the phase you're in right now or whatever it is. And I certainly know that um, with my own fertility as well, that when I really started to tune into my Mm. own body, you know, I realized that, yeah, on paper, I might be I meant air quotes meant to be ovulating certain days yeah. but that actually if I really tune in to what my body is saying to me in terms of my own my own bodily fluids, fluids yeah. that actually no I'm not actually ovulating then at all i am ovulating ovulating later or earlier or whatever it might be and I found that really fascinating and I realised that actually we can sometimes be going through our lives and while we might think we're in yeah. tune with our bodies we're actually quite disconnected Completely.
2: often and I was like I I I have to like, it's a battle for me, um, you know, to, to, to be in my body, you know, it's my body knows what it's like to just live disconnected. And, um, I think that's, I think that's quite a a well-known place for people. And then that's safer for a lot of people, because if that's what we've grown up known is like, um, being in a, like in the fight or flight response, uh, you know, like to rest, like to really, like I teach you in yoga as well. And to, and that's like, some people are like, what does that mean? How many yogas are there? But I'm like, well, it's the yoga that you, it's the stretching part of yoga and it's, it's the, it's really still and um, stiller. It's qu it's quieter. Um, I don't tell people to be still, but it's, it's not like jumping around a mat and getting like building up a heat heat in your body. I can see in like in that, in my own system, like learning how to like just sit and be in the space, let giving people their like their experience, me not making the experience about me or impacting their experience too much, giving just enough so that they don't run out the door because they're so afraid or so it's not even so uncomfortable to be left with their nervous system, yeah. because if you have a lot of anxiety and you're You know, so I think that's that's the hard thing. And for me, I'm in this work because lived and learned experience. And like I would say this a lot, like I lived on my bike and could have been teaching 20 classes a week, Pilates, yoga, ballet, bar, anything. And the only time I sat down was on the seat of my saddle or the toilet seat. Mm. I would eat on the go. And I remember going to a naturopath one time and I was the train journey nearly finished me off because I had to sit. And then by the time I got there, she was like, you're like a zombie. What did you do before you got here? I was like, just sat on the train. And she was like, you are exhausted. Yeah. And I'm exhausted running around teaching everyone how to do yoga, how to relax. So it's really interesting seeing that, that what I was gravitating to. And it's a, it's it's not something... Um, that you ever get to the end with like you know, um i I had what i what is good though is that like I lived in chronic pain which in my in my bleed phase and was eating painkillers whereas now I don't really have pain um and I know just to relax and uh, that's incredible what it is want? incredible. yeah for me, like like I could have been in a packet of nerve pen and all sorts.
1: And a lot of people listening will have that experience, which is why I think the work you're doing is so important.
3: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
0: Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com.
2: Okay, so on the cycle, um, I'll explain this as if it's the first time anyone's heard it. So there's four stages in the menstrual cycle. We've got menstruation, pre-ovulation, ovulation, and pre menstruum And they're mapped with seasons and cycles. So winter is menstruation, and the new moon, and the waxing energy is spring and the follicular phase, the pre-ovulation phase, and then the full moon uh, energy would be mirrored with summer and that like big, big energy, uh, big solstice energy. And then um, the pre-menstrual phase is the waning, the that's the luteal phase, the second half of the cycle. And what, what I would always say to it's like they mirror each other. So winter mirrors summer and spring mirrors autumn. So say like for me, I have a kind of three, two and a half to three day bleed stage. That's very short. Um, so I have to try and give myself, say, be slow, like still don't pack out my window in this. And 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 then I say to other, to people I'm working with, let look at what you're doing then in summer, that doesn't mean because you're doing less like an awful lot less in your bleed phase, your inner winter phase, that you do an awful lot more in summer because the more I'm doing this work, the more I'm like, no, like we can't just pack out one stage of our life because if we, again, if we just leave everything to inner summer, um, that's really hard. And actually as I started teaching this work with women and people with a menstrual cycle, I would say I actually don't feel like I'm invincible and superpowers when I'm ovulating as someone who was like trying for a baby or preparing for a baby and post miscarriage the year after my miscarriage ovulation was hell Mm. and it was hell for Sam as well. So you don't like there was grief in that because and I always bring this up with the cycle, with the, the the menstrual cycle, because there are so many people that are waiting for this experience. And also, if you're on antidepressants, you're not going to feel the full expression of your um, your hormones at that time. And those women are charting their cycle and they're like, I'm just not really getting the big change. And then I'm kind of going, are you on any medication? And it one, if they say I'm on the pill, I'm like, well, you're not ovulating, so you're not getting the hormone, like the, the that juiciness that comes with or like ideally comes with ovulation. So the thing is, it's so personal, like this is the beauty of its autonomy. This is what I, for me, the, the biggest gift of this work is that you don't have to go to other people. And in a time when, you know, everything is so expensive, it's literally just you, your pen, your paper, or like people you can put in your app because it's 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 if I the people say if knowledge is power I'm like wisdom is informed choice because Mm. if you go into a doctor and you are like here's my data I've collected myself it's not in an app or it's like you're going no I've noticed this and um and a lot of people I see this with a lot of like um students uh some might have PCOS they're single they they're not thinking of having a child yet and the doctor's like come back when you want a baby and I'm like what's yeah." you can't have a woman just walking around with a 56 day cycle help her now yeah so that the day she does say I'm ready to conceive so there's a lot of kind like a lot of menstrual disorders and challenges that are just cast off because they're not people aren't ready to have a baby and it's like no we don't need a healthy vital menstrual cycle just because we want to have a baby we need it to function Mm. and and um you know to 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 be a thriving woman in society, so that we we are able to show up for our families, our community, um, because again, not all women want kids, and I think that part needs to be really honoured and celebrated. And like, we need those women for sure. You know, yeah. so um, it's it the, even the pressure of of the menstrual cycle just being as if it's just this thing for baby making. It, mm. It's it's our sanity, it's our creative power. It's um, it's knowing when to lean in and when to lean out, and I think that's a lot of a lot of us have been conditioned to constantly lean in, constantly give, and even a friend a conversation with a friend yesterday who's coming up to forty five, who's a real sweetheart. She's saying, "I'm even noticing in myself. I'm getting a bit like ah." Fuck You know, like, no, no, I'm not. Whereas (laughs) I was saying, yeah, because we're not in that maiden energy of like, I'll do it. Yeah, me, pick me, you know, like.
1: I'm laughing because I'm definitely I'm 44 and I feel like I resonate with that too.
2: But like I like it's the (laughs) and that's the beauty of um, that stage of of life mm. is we also need that. Because if all women just ran around all the time saying yes to things they didn't really want to we what mess, look what mess that's got us into. So I actually it's um it's harder and we're less likable. Yeah. <laughs> because we're not people pleasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it is it's it's um there's great there's great power in it because when you do you're like I suppose when you look at uh older women who are like, give a shit if you like me yeah. or you know? So what? <laughs> this is what I'm doing, suit myself. No, go on, go on now, you know. So we, Which is we, great. we and we need that yeah. and we have that in our um right. we see we know those women and we also know the burnt out matriarchal woman you know so
1: before we wrap it up um if you were to give any advice for somebody who because i am i'm literally moments or hours away from <laughs> my own period so um and i i se- I, I know i just I, I sense it's it's on the way um Advice for this time, because I think that's something that you speak so beautifully about and that in modern society is ignored and not honoured. Yeah. The space, the time, the sense of retreat that is actually of a huge value yeah.
2: during your bleed. I think it's making peace with retreat and... um you know, rest is very, very hard for a lot of people. So we can look at different forms of rest, you know, like a nice, gentle like stroll in the uh, it's like swapping that big run in the if you're a runner for, you know, go for a nice walk in the park and um just conserving your energy, you know, like say today, um i'm what am I? I'm day six of my cycle. So this is a good time for me. My energy's rising. so, like, it's easy for me to chat in this stage of my cycle. But if I was about to bleed, um, I wouldn't talk to anyone. I'd be like, "Gee, save all that, that brain to mouth energy for talking to Sheila, you know, because um, I'm a different beast altogether. Like it's, you know, they they say like baby brain, but like there's period brain because our body's about to, is getting ready to do this really important shedding. And uh, it's a, it's a purge and it's a detox. So the body's like, oh God, just lie there and or but that like I don't want people to feel like they have to retreat to this cave and you know uh, paint their faces with menstrual blood like <laughs> I've I've done it it's lovely <laughs> uh, but it's kind of it's like it's finding what is is your version
1: yeah and everyone's different yeah and there's sh- like
2: there's the shame piece in there as well Sheila so it's kind of like I do have a, a family culture that you know men's talking with the menstrual cycle was always there. Like menstrual products were always on show. And um, so if you grew up in a household where there was kind of sniggers um, or you have a partner, he was a bit like, Oh, she's on the rag. Oh, this one's hormonal. The sh- that's shaming. Mm. Um, so you're probably not going to feel like, Oh, can I just, I'm just going to go up here and lie down for an hour. Cause I'm bleeding. Like that might be met with a few cheeky comments. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's, knowing your audience <laughs> um, and and going in, um, figuring it out in your own body first before you start sharing it with your family or your community so that it is embodied in yourself and that you know what you need and so that you can have your food prepped or you can, if you have a supportive partner like that or a housemate, you know, not everyone has a partner. I think it's just it's 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 retreat on your terms, and I think start um, very s- slow, slowly because any you know that like, it's like I'm going on a diet, I'm gonna I'm not gonna eat this, not gonna eat that. Like you might last uh, the first half of your cycle, the second half your, you're eating it, your horse and everything into you. Like whereas I think that's the thing. It's 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 slow, steady, bringing in little pieces at a time, so it starts to become part of, it's a lifestyle choice. It's not just one little piece. It be, it's you live your life because it's, it's supporting you. It's making you feel more connected to yourself, happier, your relationships with your friends, your family, your, your lovers, whatever, they improve. So it's, it's on, on your own terms. So I always say that if knowledge is power, wisdom is informed choice.
1: Thank you so much for being here, um, for sharing so much with us. And I know that if we had another hour to record, (laughs) we'd easily fill it and then some. Um, And I know that the courses that you do are comprehensive. So you Mm. do varying lengths and degrees of of what people want to learn. So this is this is very hard to condense what you do into a short time frame, because obviously I wanted to give the conversation time and space to talk about Joe and then also to talk Thank about you. the work that you do um, so that it is all so intertwined but for those listening who want to find you you can find you online you're yeah. on Instagram you have your own website so if you mm-hmm. want to give it a shout out there for people yeah
2: so kittymaguire.com and then my Instagram where I share kind of I suppose I'm most active and I sh- kind of share the cycle and just different womb um, womb supports and uh, that's kittymaguire menstrual mentor and for
1: somebody who may be listening and like I did at one point during the conversation, really resonated with something you said in a big way and brought me back to a time, mm. if they wanted to connect with you for a session. Do you yeah, do one on one sessions?
2: I do one on ones online. I to people all over the world. I, um, we, we we didn't get into that, but I do like a lot of my one on one work mostly would be the pregnancy release work. um. But I also do hold and that's like so say if women are on fertility journeys or they're making peace with um abortion miscarriage, stillbirth, um it's to honor it's to honor what what was. and again, their their stories in society that are kind of just medicalized and it's like, no, that's a highly like death and loss that 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 really needs ceremony and holding and space, a grief process and, and permission to grieve. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you hear that with loss and like, you know, miscarriage and ah, it, was, it was very early on and she one and four. I'm like, stop com- putting us into statistics. You're That's a right. human that, so it is um, just, a, it's giving people space to go, this is this is, this is tough and I'm here to um, support you through that but I have I have done um monarch ceremonies online like that now it's different because normally when how I do it in a group and it's part of a mentorship and but um when I have done it online one was with a woman who had uh, had a hysterectomy due to cancer and it was I mean it was beautiful because mm. she had no cycle anymore but she got to reframe it and then gets to say goodbye. And that's actually become a thing um, that's come in now. Hysterectomies for women are on the up for young women. So like they're they might leave the ovaries or but. um, So that's that's been something that's been coming into my field as well. The last couple of years is just to honour the womb because it's such an amazing Mm. organ that like just isn't um, loved or honored and it's kind of people only think about it when it comes to babies but like not one of us would be here without the mighty womb so Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of um to to give people space and because the womb has has been an enemy for some people like do you speak to somebody with chronic like the worst endometriosis like like tell them oh love your womb they're like what (laughs) but it's looking at the um again, looking at that piece as a as a whole and coming in body mind spirit, so that it's um so that they can find a way in and it's not your womb's fault, it's not your fault, and let's just create as much love, kindness, and compassion um in any of those stories because like that's what I'm saying there's so much uh, self you know, like people are blaming themselves or I did this or I should have made like I I should have been doing this earlier. And the thing is, what everyone says, I wish I knew this sooner. I wish this was uh, why wasn't it taught like this in school? Because they didn't know. And we have to stop blaming what we didn't have and look at what we do have now. Mm -hmm. And also, it's not just down to the schools. It's it's the culture of the family. So if if we as families are informed, then we we feel confident and secure enough to have these tricky that might feel tricky conversations about magic blood or what the menstrual cycle is and using the correct, correct anatomical names. And, um, and, and that's, that's, it's, because then it's us taking responsibility instead of handing it over to the schools. It's like, yeah. like, like that piece we did, you know, Richie and stuff. So it's kind of like, it's, the schools are getting a bit of the blame, but we're all part of it. So it's like, let's all like everything. It's like we're all trying to catch up and get informed as much as we can on so many different topics, and I think um, meet meet it where you're at. So if you have a four year old at home, like it's starting there, like Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not waiting till they are hitting adolescence, it's it's, because that's too late because the shame and, and they're already like, we can see that with our nine year old, like he'll kind of roll his eyes and go, he's going to be so embarrassed he said that to you when he's older. Whereas t- the way I would talk about menstruation or um, sex ed, you're having age appropriate conversations with a four year old. And then that conversation will be slightly different for a nine year old as it would for a 14 year old yeah, um, or a 17 year old. So it's it's I think. But it's
1: embracing the, the right yeah. level of chat the whole way along. So it's not age appropriate talk at a certain age yeah look I think you are a powerhouse I think you're such a gift to all of us Um, it's been a real thrill for me to sit down and talk to you I feel like I want to uh, book in for a one-on-one session with you as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. so maybe that's a chat we have after but thank you for your time and I know we've only scratched the surface but, yeah um, thank you Sheila. I think you've also given us so much to think of and Also, I'm deeply sorry for your loss.
2: Thank you. And just to say that it is, I feel, I I didn't get to say that before, that for people that are in the thick of this pain, um, I used to focus on the generational trauma. Whereas now, it's generational healing. And I think, you know, how I'm living a parallel process with my mom here. And even in her death, she's still sending me messages and giving me advice. And for people that we can get hooked into our, the story that we felt defined us. And it's like, like that quote that <laughs> my mom said, it's, it's gone. Um, we, we can meet trauma in our life, but we can also meet great healing. Mm. And that's what is for me, like is, is, is such a huge part of my personality and who I am on this planet is that, uh, I can't just look at my mother's death, my menstrual cycle, my miscarriage, as these traumatic events that happened in my life. They are. They've shaped me. They'll cha- they've changed me forever. But um, I get to decide. I, I, I get to decide for it to become generational healing or ancestral healing because um, I know how to do that. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm trying to share and get the message across. It's like, yeah, we can come from the worst background in the world and the worst pain, but we can, um, we can find our way. Yeah. And it's, it, and that's the the scary part is where do you start? But I, I didn't have a me when I was younger with my womb stories and I have grief Gone. Oh, maybe I'd have had my baby by now if I'd have met, but even having compassion from I've helped so many women conceive, I haven't been able to do it for myself. I would have had great yes. shame in that. Yeah, yes, it's coming. She's in there in the post. Mm. But um so I think for people who are feeling um stuck in the collapse of their grief, their trauma, their pain, um you get to um turn this into your your story of um pain into into purpose. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila.
1: To get in touch with Kitty, you can find her on Instagram or simply go to our website, kittymaguire.com. And if you enjoyed our conversation, please spread the word. You can share it with your friends, your family or on social media. And you can support what I do in all the usual ways by clicking follow, giving a quick rating or leaving a little comment. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real.